Signs of the Southland, Monday, July 24th, 2023. Gentlemen, we have a great interview coming up later, but let's get some news out of the way. Let's talk about Chris Eubanks once again. He will be playing Andres Martin tomorrow, I guess today, when this episode goes out at the Atlanta Open. Jack, walk me through this matchup real quick. Well, it's the... In a sense, it's the current versus current of Georgia Tech, but really it's kind of an old, the older guard out there and the current guard of Georgia Tech. I mean, Andres is still an active part of Georgia Tech's team, and Chris Eubanks is 27, has been out of the program for a while, but at the peak of his powers, quite literally. He is very much globally famous now after his run at Wimbledon. Um, Andres Martin played in this tournament last year as like the collegiate representative. I was at that batch. It was a really fun time. I talked about this on an episode literally a year ago, if you care to find that. Um, but now we get jackets versus jackets, which is going to be really cool. Um, last year, like the cheerleading squad and everything came out. I think they brought the wreck too. Um, so I don't know how gung ho. I assume they're going to do something similar and be kind of gung ho oh, about it. Yeah. Um, they, they made, they were pretty gung ho about it last year. They played the fight song and everything. So I think it's going to be really cool. I expect if you're there, I would not be surprised if there's a lot of e- even more Georgia tech quote unquote royalty there. Um, oh, yeah. last year was, um, the head coach that will not be named. Um, and that was it, and he only stayed for a set. So I think this year will be a Shock. better showing, a much better showing. Um, I know the Atlanta Dream have been at the tournament already so far for uh, for Coco Banks, Co- Coco Golf's match. Um, so it's drawing, it's it's already drawing folks. So it's really, it's a really cool event. I sadly won't be there, um, but I hope a lot of our fellow listeners and jacket friends out there will be able to show some love for them. Sadly, one of them has to lose. That's what I don't like about this. Someone has to lose this match. Like, I'm glad they kind of like curtailed it to like make it a first round guarantee this kind of event part of the tournament because it's a very low stakes tournament in the grand scheme of things so it at least gives the atlantic community their night at this tournament i i drove by uh atlantic station on sunday and it looked uh, midday it looked hot out it's there hot. On it's, the a hot, it's a hot like, tournament i've got a couple times for the day even in the evening yeah it's a it's not a uh Super. You gotta have you gotta have the like the the next level pass that gets you into the air conditioned dinner part and whatnot because otherwise yeah you're you're baking up. I mean it's it's basically an erector set in in a parking lot outside of Atlantic Station. Like it's yep. it's not the yep. uh, like you know you're not gonna get big fans or or anything like that above above the grandstand. But um, better better that it rained uh, Friday I guess than Sunday when it was uh, when it was actually going on. But should should make for a lot of fun. And actually I do want to say that I think. The way I would describe it is not just current versus current or current versus old guard, but court one versus court one. Chris uh, was was court one through and through yeah. in his yeah. uh, his time in the lineup, and I mean, Andres has been that for almost as long as he's been gone at this point. I mean, I mean, Chris is only what five years out of school, so yeah, no, it's not 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 too long. Yeah, it's court one, court one. That's how I'm going with. It. We'll have to keep an eye on uh, the volleyball tournament that follows it up in case there's any uh, local through lines there. But Tech does not have a beach team, so that's that's probably a little bit asking for much. An ongoing bit that we will eventually come back to, I'm sure. Uh, let's move on to another ongoing bit. Uh, Christo Lamprecht and his uh, pretty exciting summer of golf. He won the RNA Amateur, which I believe was in Scotland. And also in Scotland, he was the low am at the British open or at the open i don't know i don't really watch golf i just read out the stuff that they put on the shot sheet notable for even a novice like me he led the tournament after the first day not just led amateurs he led the entire dang field after the first day shot five under was one of three guys to shoot five under after day one um 
He was uh, there with, was it Sink or Kucher? Sink. Him. So, Sink. so Sink. Uh, for all of us that woke up at like, your average wake up time, seven thirty, eight a.m. on Atlanta in Atlanta on Monday on Thursday morning, Stewart Sink and Crystal Lamprecht or Lamprecht and Sink were one two, like they were literally one and two. And there was a lot of people that still had to tee off and everything like that. But yeah, he held his sixty five, sixty six. That was five under held up as he was T one with a couple other guys. Um, day two did not go that well. I'll just say that. Yeah, it's not really much to talk about about the rest of the tournament. He did make the cut, which I think is notable. He was the low M, which is also notable. Um, he ended up tied for 74th at uh, plus 11, which means, like Jack put in our shot sheet, he was better than your more notable names that even I know, like Colin Morkawa, Tony Finau, and, and Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas has had a very... Weird, weird couple of years he's yeah he wins the p he won the pga course. two two years ago and just has fallen off a cliff and during majors weirdly enough so that's funny um yes at the at the at the open if you don't know the winner gets the gold medal and the low am gets a silver medal so he gets to be part of the fine he gets to be part of the end festivities um, when the tournament's over um two athenians were one and two um from the athens community college uh, at this tournament so that that was sad we we, we did get pummeled in that regard I've got nothing on on the golf. It's just uh, you know, it, it, it's good to see, and, and can't really say he too keeps, much. Uh, he, I mean, Christo more. keeps making waves here. Like he won both. I mean, he he won the corresponding low amateur to the amateur tournament that he had won, winning the RNA Open, and then at the Open getting low am as well, which I think is a cool little thing that he stayed consistent there. Um, and he keeps he keeps making moves. Like this is. This is this is what you do if you want to make a President's Cup team is do stuff like this in the future. So he's he and being T one at the end of a major tournament is it doesn't matter what round. I mean, especially the final round is the one that matters most. But it doesn't matter. Like that's a huge and that puts his name on the on 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 the uh just on the international golf stage in a big way. Like that a lot of eyeballs are watching that tournament and that takes some guts to be leading that tournament. Two other notes. Uh Number one, the funny one first. There are a bunch of people talking about him that I did uh, that Monday morning that I did not expect to be talking about him. Like Spencer Mr. Hall of Every yeah. mm-hmm. Saturday fame was tweeting about how he uh, it was just like just this random six eight dude nuking golf balls on the golf course <laughs> in Scotland in this bad weather, and I was just like, this is not th- these two things do not coincide. What's going on here? I went, hmm, I don't know a lot of six eight golfers. That must be the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah. 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 I mean it was it's like him or Hiroshi Tai. And at that point, it's a tie between them. Yeah. No, seriously? Ne- neither of you? Neither of you laughed. Never mind. I'm not giving that to uh, you. J- <laughs> boo. George Tech Golf put out uh, Crystal Lambrick's full twenty twenty three award slate. First team, uh, National All-American, All-ACC, won the ACC Championship, NCAA Championship runner-up, womp womp, Arnold Palmer Cup international team member, uh, amateur champion, low amateur at – low am at the Open Championship. So it is a stacked trophy case, and he – I think he still has one year left, right? And he'll play the Masters and, what, the U.S. Open next year as yeah, a – He's As an player. amateur, are you going to seriously talk us through this Angel Cabrera, President Angel Cabrera letter here in a sec, and not know that he explicitly said this in the letter that you want to talk about? I'm, I'm not. I read you, uh... the letter. 
I, I read the letter, but it was also a while ago when I clipped out the quotes that I wanted to talk about. So now that you've mentioned the letter, let's talk about it. Earlier today, President Anel Cabrera put out his monthly newsletter. This one was a lot more athletics focused, obviously, because Chris Eubanks at Wimbledon earlier this month and also Crystal Lamprecht to tail off the month. Um, and... Cabrera made a lot of points that we sort of batted around um, in our writer's room about the, you know, sort of the marketing ability of moments like these where you have Georgia Tech graduates or Georgia Tech students, in Christo's case, going out and doing big things on international television in a in a sporting sense and it's not it, it, and we're not talking about sports like football or basketball that are really big in the u.s we're talking about wimbledon we're talking about the british open or the open or whatever name look not golf person but you get what i'm saying these are m- massive international events they are on again on tv internationally and he said like these are really good opportunities for people to know about Georgia Tech via an athletic context, maybe not like a, 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 it's just an avenue for them to learn about the school that they may not have had before, right? So a couple of pull quotes that I wanted to mention before we actually dig into this a little bit. Um, Straight from the letter, Chris's unbelievable run at Wimbledon made us all proud and highlighted one of my favorite things about Georgia Tech, that one of the world's finest research universities also has a rich storied tradition of athletic excellence. Let's actually start there because, Jake, I think this is something that we mentioned when we did our big opus in on the context of Georgia Tech last October. It's that kind of confluence of athletic um, a- athletic excellence, as President Cabrera described it, and the high-powered, um, high-powered, very famous research capabilities of the institution. Like that—that—that's not really a combination that you see all the time. And and the combination of you know primary focus in major metropolitan area, no less. Like it's it's got just about everything going for it that you could want in terms of athletic, academic front doorness like it, i mean it, we we literally taken whole podcast to, to discuss the ivory tower versus integration into the community but the more georgia tech can be not only integrated into the community and a great uh, steward of the resources that we've been given whether that's location uh what the state does give us or funding that we get from other places like that's how you get it, it's like a success begets success thing it's something that and not to kick the can too far down to the end of the episode but it's something that your schools that are state schools that are not second fiddle but not the the, you know top uh top priority for for some or at least historically in the state a la your louisville your georgia tech your um i'm trying to think of a another good maybe uic in, in chicago comes to mind um clemson yeah you know these these schools that are uh, it a lot of your you know whatever state uh, versus their their original counterpart if you will Michigan State versus Michigan it's it's something that the non flagship has to um, 
has to grapple with. And, and I think it's something that makes whatever way we can get in front of people's eyes and show them to communicate to our stakeholders, to our state constituents, hey, what Georgia Tech is doing is valuable. Sports are such a huge part of, of what brings people in um, and, and just shows them that value on top of, and, and we'll get to this in a bit, it being a front door for more access or, or even the potential students that you're getting a, a, as well. I, I'm a student that's here in part because of the athletics that I was exposed to, right? Like that's, that's how you get students. It's how you get, uh, and, and especially students who may not attend your, your university if they're not on that sports team too. That's a completely, uh, uh another thing. And, and, you know, you're pitching a big tent and, and I think that's a really powerful message. Taking that front door comment in context, I think is important to in this specific context, right? Because we talked about how uh, President Cabrera is talking about this at this idea of athletics as a front door within the context of inter, of international sports, right? Yeah, Tennis. Definitely. And golf. And it, it, it sounds like copium to an extent, and I put that in our shot sheet too, but it, there's life beyond those revenue sports as the front door. And I think, Jack, you've seen it in your experience with the, with the women's basketball team to covering them. Yeah. Which, and that is a – and the volleyball team, while I mention it too. Mm-hmm. Those are two widely international programs. And, I, and Jake uh, mentioning um, – yeah, swimming and diving too. Yeah, like you have three very highly international programs on campus. Um, and it, it just makes me think, right? It's there's more, there's so much more to life than using those revenue sports as the end all be all, right? Yeah, as the end all be all for how you market the university. And I think this, this comes back to a lot of what we've been saying, right, Jack? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, um, and I, I want to, I want to also caveat that. The broadcasts we get in the states are not the same that other countries will get. Like for the Open mm. specifically, the American broadcast is not the same as what the BBC or whoever Sky or Sports or whatever or what gets broadcast around the world. Some countries use the American NBC feed, some don't. Whatever. Um, but and for Wimbledon as well, ESPN feed the Chris Fowler, Chrissy Everett broadcast of those matches is not the same that it goes it go, that goes international. Um, but in both of those cases, they were very persistent to note the fact that a guy from Georgia Tech was doing something cool and un- unexpected as well. Like, they, as as strong as the individual athlete between Chris and Christo's image was, was that, oh, this is a guy from Georgia Tech. Like, a lot, like, uh, who was it? Brad Gilbert could not stop saying, the Rambling Wreck is doing great out here. Like, he just, you know, it's just a fun thing to say. Like, I would say it too. Um, and... Mike Tarico, multiple times when talking about Christo and updating people as they were waking up to the broadcast, like, oh, yeah, the Jackets are 1-2 here. Like, it wasn't that two Americans – or no, I guess Christo's not American. It wasn't that there was an amateur and Stuart Sink at the top of the leaderboard, a really young dude and a really old dude by in golf terms. It was – there's two Yellow Jackets leading this tournament, which is super ironic with what happened at the end. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, Cabrera's talked about – when I talked with Cabrera a year ago, like he mentioned, like, yeah – Getting these TV spots is as big of a deal as anything in terms of branding Georgia Tech. Um, people see that. People see that. And the fact that the broadcast went out of their way to mention this is a Georgia Tech thing that's happening right now is huge. Like, that's not normal um, for just how that goes. And, and I think just kind of on a theme that I asked Joey about a couple weeks ago, I mentioned last week, like, 
it helps those of us that are already here too of just like hey like like we preach the hey check out volleyball look at what they're doing you know hey right softball women's basketball hey this is what golf and and men swimming and diving are doing you know like yeah sports that are top 25 i mean men swimming and diving finished ranked ranked um you don't hear much about that but like yeah. between golf's late run uh, on on top of inarguably disappointing baseball and softball seasons uh, from tech um kind of push things in the right direction and then you're seeing hey like look remember this this good thing it it, it kind of helps us at, at least as i get further away as an alumni like stay plugged plugged in um uh, and in tune with what yeah what tech is doing and, We're getting, and i think that's yeah yeah we're getting the more by this happening people are getting the more comprehensive story of what georgia tech athletics is beyond just yep. the foot the main stuff of football and basketball like i mean kevin king was wearing tech stuff every yeah. camera shot he got in the player's box for chris eubank he knew was, exactly what he was doing he knew what he yeah, was doing. i respect it it's he awesome. Exactly. It's awesome. Dude put every tech shirt that he could fit into that carry on and awesome. walked onto the plane. That's not. Oh, I hope they sent him some stuff. I if they oh, yeah, if they yeah. did not send him some stuff, I would be disappointed. I hope. And the thing is, like, I think He's that's a coach. A, and like, of course I mean, y- yes, Chris is some time out of his like s- some years graduated away from tech, but like, that's a. And also, he came back like he's been training at Tech before the Atlanta Open too. Like he's on campus. He lives like, he here is, still. Yeah, doesn't he? yeah, like yeah, he is very much like he's gonna be like he, if he doesn't get walked out of the football game, I'll be bad. Like that's that's gonna happen. Christo probably as well. Um, so it, I mean, th- I hope I hope other teams take notes. Like, hey, if your guys doing well, send your people gear. Like that's a massive marketing opportunity yeah. that isn't usually taken advantage of. Like people in players' boxes also usually like aren't. I mean. It, is varying things a lot of them international it's not like the college university system is huge but like for the americans yeah get your plugs in like this that's free tv right there and 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 as much as i love the retro apparel and the unique logos and stuff it helps to see kevin there just in a really big gt you know yeah (laughs) yeah no that's that's i mean that's 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 the role right there we're we're gonna talk about it in a second too more about just the the interlocking gt but that's the symbol and i think that's partly why the institute, the institute shifted to that as the official logo as well, because that interlocking GT is always going to be the icon that will resonate most with the institute. As much as I the mean, Campanile we, seal was cool and the spire and all that, it's the interlocking I, GT. That's tough. I mean, I've told my story here before, right? I didn't, I didn't know what the three spike thing was. Like yeah, it, yeah, it, no, it, it, yeah, it's you so have much to, more obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot better. It makes sense. It's simple. It works on any piece of clothing or any any little design thing. It looks cool. So mm-hmm. that's how it is. Agreed. Um, it also fits well onto the nice display of the school's name on the side of North Avenue Apartments, which yep. where it has just been installed this past weekend. Um, usually, when you drive on the connector and pass North Avenue Apartments, you will see Georgia's Institute of Technology and then the old-style gear seal. As of this weekend, you will see the interlocking GT, which, and I believe the new square rectangle GT and then the title of the school thing also on one of the sides. Anyway, not important, but yes, the interlocking that's GT. That's on the hotel. You see that going north as well. Yeah, that's on, on the, the hotel. That, yeah, that's on the, that was a new part of the Still hotel. Still driving on the connector. It yes. counts. Technically, it counts. But 
Jake and I, I guess, have been in Atlanta for a very long time uh, and started when started school when the uh, when everything was about the seal and all the branding was disparate. And I honestly, the old man in me kind of liked the seal. Well, also on the side of the apartment, let's keep it. Let's keep in mind there isn't any like visible like that's the that's the most visible tech building on the connector. And the branding that this is Georgia Tech was not inherently obvious. No, yeah, yes. I mean, it, I will cop that to thing, that. That thing is very bright. You can see it from a long way away. As long oh, as they, they packed that thing with LEDs, That man. thing has got some luminous, You could buddy. see... It's got some luminous. You're going to be able to see that from coming, honestly. Yeah. Yes. It pointed towards Decatur, but the point stands. Yes. Um, I, I was going to say one other thing. They are There's also a new seal. Like, they, they, they refresh the they seal. Refresh as much as seal. someone could do that, I, that's a little weird to me as a concept, but... Um, so that was gonna, I guess, get replaced. The only other spot that comes to mind with obviously old branding is the north end of O'Keefe. Um, they did not replace the Campanile uh, Delio and you know mm. Bold Georgia Institute of Technology, um, but that's not as visible as a, of a spot no, as, as North Ave. And, and obviously, uh, we assume that you know at some point they're gonna do more work to O'Keefe, so it's probably a, a TBD. But yeah, again, tech understands the branding that needs to be happening now um, mm-hmm. and modernizing it well. So yeah, this is this is this is cool to see. It, it makes me hopeful and just in terms of things are headed in the right direction in terms of what's going on in the rooms. Speaking of modernization and change, uh, I think uh, we've got a couple personnel moves, Akshay. Is that right? Yes. Uh, softball has had a couple of moves in their coaching staff. Two new coaches, uh, Kelsey Bennett from or formerly of Virginia Tech, actually an extremely recent grad, uh, which makes me feel very old. Uh, She'll be taking over, I think, as one of the assistant coaches. I don't – I'm looking for the press release right now to make sure I get the exact position right. Yes, she is listed as an assistant. Um, She will – yeah, it doesn't say specifically, um, but she will be competing in the inaugural season of the WPF Women's Pro Fast Pitch through August, and then she will head over to Georgia Tech for the fall season. Hunter Bunch is the other coach coming to Georgia Tech. He is from formerly of Incarnate Word. He will be taking over as the hitting coach and uh, also working with the outfield. So a couple of notes from his profile on ramlinrec.com. He was a travel ball head coach in Texas, I believe with the Texas Bombers from 2019 to 2021, and then got hired at Incarnate Word. It looks like um, during his time there, before he was head coach, he was also an assistant coach and most notably for me, the director of analytics, however much you can use analytics at a travel ball program, which I guess you could. I don't know. They play uh, a lot of games. Not to spoil the interview we've got, but we talk about that just a little bit. Um, I think it's good that he's in the travel ball circuit too. That's always good to have connections, kind of like how Key, uh, Coach Brent Key talks about uh, recruiting and, and some of the moves he's made in terms of building out his his football recruiting apparatus. So that's, that's I mean, it doesn't hurt to, you know, go where the, go where the players are, so. A couple of notes that come off of this, too. Um, Reese Maricondo is no longer listed on the uh, roster sheet uh, or the coaching staff sheet on Tech's website. Allison Fiebre, who was, it was one of the uh, assistants last year, uh, also no longer listed as an assistant. Really, officially, on the actual sheet, it's just 
coach head coach Eileen Morales and pitching coach Marty McDaniel. Um, and now these other two coaches. So um, we'll probably follow up on that and see if we can get some more information, but that is kind of what where we're at right now. So um, I think that is just about it before our interview, gents. Any other news and notes? Yeah, uh, the volleyball schedule is out. Uh, we got a lot to uh, get down to with this interview tonight, so we will talk about that maybe next week. Uh, we'll see, but it's a good one. We were told explicitly not to do a schedule reading, but I assume we will do that anyway. Oh yeah, we will do we will do the tr- true tradition of from the rumble seat and read schedules. Now for our interview of the week, Mr. Grant, why don't you introduce our guests? Yeah, so this is a fun one, uh, one that we've kind of had on our radar for for a minute. Um, not gonna lie, Maddie. Uh, given the fact that I've traveled up to Louisville, that you've come down here for games. You've come up before on the podcast, but we're pleased to introduce today uh, my sister, Madeline Grant uh, of Louisville Softball, uh, here to talk about the life and times of of being a college athlete, kind of with a a different perspective than probably we usually get in terms of, you know, talking to somebody who's not necessarily Georgia Tech or not necessarily um, Atlanta-based, but a little bit of a different perspective. And Maddie, it's great great to have you on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm going to start with some basic questions so our audience gets to know you. But given the fact that I co-host this podcast, they definitely know the first one. So where are you from? Well, I am from River Forest, a suburb right outside of Chicago, if you didn't know that. Um, Most people don't, I've found. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a pretty small town. Um, But Oak Park, I feel like a lot of people know Oak Park. Like I, people here in Louisville, I mentioned Oak Park and they're like, no way. Like, I don't know where that is. It's crazy. It's weird when people recognize it too, because, you know, they have the Frank Lloyd Wright connection and and all that. But usually I just say Oak Park or or Chicago. Um, So Louisville softball, what what year are you in school? How long have you been down there? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to be a junior. um, So obviously my third year, Uh, I studied biology here. I actually came in as an engineering major, undecided. Um, but I realized right away, not because it's like necessarily the classes were hard right away, just like there was a lot of conflict with like my softball schedule. Like I knew it maybe wasn't going to work out. Or it was going to be really hard. Like not a lot of athletes do engineering. Um, but if they do like respect, that's really really hard so that's the same that's the same that's the same here too like there's there are some that go for it some go as far as like biochemistry and like right do do the crazy hard sciences but they're not many of them like a lot of them are finding the social studies and the business stuff because they can manage both at the same time yes exactly um and and so changing to bio um obviously it sounds like it works better with softball. Do you have any idea what you're going to do with it after college? Does it fit into those plans uh, a little bit better? Yeah, I'm actually leaning towards going into pharmacy school. Um, so that's like an extra four years. Um, I have a teammate. She actually just graduated. She's going to pharmacy school next year. Um, and she kind of invited me in to the pre-pharmacy club at Louisville and so that's kind of what made me a little more interested into going into that route. Um, and I actually work with her right now at a pharmacy. So it's pretty cool. I really like it. 
so that, that's clearly something you didn't have on on your mind when you were in high school and stuff like that if you, if you were doing engineering stuff um for for those of us out there who i mean we readily admit we don't follow a ton of recruiting it's kind of a big black box it's a rough and tumble world out there i mean you know it, that's just life right um but we do want to ask a, a little bit about recruitment for, you know, softballs and uh, your experience. Um, when did you get a sense that you, you know, you wanted to play in college, that you had a shot uh, of doing that? Because, you know, a lot of people dream, but few actually get to do it. So, mm -hmm. Let's go way back to when I started playing travel ball, actually, when I was nine. Um, I kind of started to get a sense that I wanted to play in college when I was about 12, so pretty young um yeah so that was like seventh grade i'd say um that's when i started going to like a bunch of camps um literally like every weekend in the winter when we weren't in season and then when we were in season i still did some camps like at tournaments is it, it was crazy um but yeah when i was 12 i believed i can play in college and i made it so it's a dream come there. true <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did, did you do anything that like changed your like habits or, or, or over time? Did that change? Uh, you know, stuff like that. What, what, uh, I mean, you talked a little bit about going to a lot of tournaments and stuff, but what did that day to day look like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, a big thing for me and any athlete that wants to go play in college is to get stronger. So I started working out with a trainer every day after school, I'd say that's the most important thing just to get stronger. Um, I have actually, I was actually a swimmer my whole life too. Um, so when things started getting serious, I kind of not really like gave up on swimming. It was just kind of like more in the background. Um, and then in high school, I decided to not swim anymore just so I could focus on softball. I also switched organizations just so I can get more exposure and just go to those bigger tournaments. And that's what you kind of got to do. Like the more chances you get in front of coaches, like in person, just the better it is. That kind of ties into like COVID. That was really, really hard. Not just for me, but for everyone. Coaches, there was a rule where co coaches, obviously they couldn't come to tournaments because of COVID, but yeah, we still live streamed and all of that, but that's just it definitely just wasn't the same because yeah. they couldn't see everything that you would see in person. Like It's like coach. a two-year gap in being able to evaluate talent from the coach That's side true. too, at least in person, yeah. uh, one to one to three, depending on where you're at. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. How, how, many, how many games at most before COVID were you playing a year? Travel ball or high school, are you saying? All of the above. All of the above. High school, I'd say... We'd play about 40 games, I'd say. But then in the summer, definitely like 150, something around that, somewhere in the hundreds. It's crazy because like sometimes we'd have like five games a day. Like it'd be all day long Jeez. on a Saturday in the middle of summer. It's crazy. I, never, I don't think I ever played more than three baseball games in the day. That. I had guys. three water polo games once in a day. That was that was pretty terrible. Not that sounds awful. Right that sounds it awful. Was, it was not fun. It was aggressively not fun. But um, now thinking about it, I I have no idea how we did that. Like one or two games now is literally so tiring. Like on my body and all that. 
Well, even uh, I, so I, I got uh, reached out to by a, a current tech student asking to do an interview with some historian, which I guess, you know, I, I've got some chops in um, about some some tech history stuff. And he was asking me some of my background and I kind of made a reference to, you know, yeah, like in, in college, like it was weird to wake up for uh, tech traditions. Freshman cake race happens on homecoming, all this to the side. I was like, yeah, like I hadn't gotten that early like up that early since high school. And you think about stuff that you do when you're 13, 14, you know, 17 years old. And it's like up at, you know, five, six, probably earlier, every, almost every day, if not every day, you're, you know, going to school for longer than you're in school when you're in college. And then, you know, some folks work too, and, and all that it's, it's pretty, it's pretty different. And, and I got to imagine just like having a, not a, black hole in the middle of that experience but you know you, you lost you know two two years of that that had to have been interesting not just on the, the softball diamond but also for like classes and, and you know staying sharp out for the academic side too right yeah my junior year in high school our second semester was canceled basically because of covid and we didn't have a season that year so i only played three years in high school which is kind of sad but it was fun while it lasted that's fair I, uh, something that, so again, some perspective, obviously we go way back and have a lot of shared experiences. I'm going to have to grapple in three years with my high school pool being knocked down. It's a hundred years old. It's got to go, but it's still going to be weird. What's it like having, you know, a field that you played, you know, hundreds of games on and practice on every day, just being a big hole in the ground. It doesn't exist anymore. What's that like? It's kind of sad. Cause I don't know. It, we had so much fun on that field. I remember freshman year when I was the youngest on the team and just how they welcomed me and just all the fun. That was, it was so much fun. I miss everyone on that team, but I actually haven't even seen a picture of it yet. It's, 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 it's a it's big a, hole in the ground. It's yeah. an actual oh, hole. Oh my. Yeah. I want to see uh, it. I haven't seen it. I'll send you something later. I got your number. Um, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the thing that comes to mind there is I I mean I've got strong place association with with swim meets and, and trips we've done for that heck I mean Jack that's how we that's how we met right yeah, was going absolutely. to Auburn and I, yeah, I think about Auburn, that yeah. almost all the time so guys you got anything else on the 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 pre-college before we move on yeah so if you weren't playing that senior year I assume you had to have been already on the rate on the collegiate radar by the end of your junior season and had some leads there of just with some people at some schools, whether or not, I mean, I assume, obviously, I assume Louisville was on track, but at, at that point you had somewhat of a list forming in your head by that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We didn't play junior year, but high school is high school. Softball is kind of different than high school baseball, where I feel like baseball, it's more serious, I guess. Like that's where all the recruiting is, but for softball, it's mostly just travel ball. Gotcha. So okay. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Going into the summer before senior year, no coaches could come out. People were still looking at me. Oh, also for softball, I don't know what baseball, what the rule is. Coaches can't talk to us until September 1st of our junior year. Okay. And so that makes it harder, like as is. And then COVID made it even harder. And yeah, so all of our games that summer before my senior year, they were just all live streamed. And yeah, so I got getting recruited by Louisville that summer. Um, And then I committed in the fall of my senior year, which is kind of late. Yeah, it seems late. Most people, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you talk about the junior year being late, and I definitely knew a couple 
I think girls in particular, because Oak Park was real good at, at, at swimming uh, on the girls side when I was in school, but they had like coaches talking to them when they're in like seventh grade. So 10, 10, 12 years ago, like I can't imagine being a 12 year old and, and having to, you know, be thinking about where you're going to college. Like there were kids that I knew in, in eighth grade that didn't even know where they're going to pick for going to high school, whether it was, you know, yeah. public, private or charter type type deal. So that's, that's probably a Do you lot. not remember uh, Lane Kiffin offering like a ninth grader? No, like a seventh grader, a yeah, scholarship yeah. when he was this. at a USC. Yeah, he offered a 12 year old a scholarship. Yeah, yeah. Ah, you know, yeah, he knows where he's going to school. It's a 40 year decision, right? <laughs> yes. So you said, you know, obviously the rest is history, committing to Louisville and all that. We know you're there. What's what's something you love about the city or, or drew you to the city or the campus or, you know, what what's uh, what's moving down there been like? Mm-hmm. Well, since I am from Chicago, technically, I just like being next to a busy city and lots of people. But the campus, I really like how small it is. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be as small as it is. It's very walkable. You don't need a car at all. You can walk to every or from like each corner of the campus. I think the walk would only be like 10 minutes, maybe 15. So, yeah. Going from practice or lift in the morning to class, like, there's no worry there. Like, sometimes I'd have class, like, 30 minutes after lift, and I'd have to change and all that, but I'd make it to class in time. So, yeah, it's very walkable. I love that. Yeah, I just like the community, the sports community, the athlete community. There's a lot of support for the athletes here, which is awesome. And yeah, I really like it here. I was astonished when I walked through your guys' student center the first time I visited campus and just how like Louisville, it felt like, obviously, you know, you're in the city of Louisville, you see some of the imagery and stuff like that, but nothing against Georgia Tech, but at least in the, before they renovated our student center, like you didn't, like, there's not a lot of white and gold, but you know, a lot of. A lot of red and black at Louisville. Not the, not that that's usually smiled upon on this on this podcast, but you know that that was that was pretty neat to see. And and of course the the fans turned out really well that weekend too. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of spirit here and a lot of fans that are just in town. A lot of support for all the sports and yeah, it's like a, it's like a small like family. Like everyone that's from around Louisville. It's, yeah, I like it. You guys are the big game in town too, right? Like there's no pro. I mean, I guess you got the pro NWSL team, right? But there's but, that, there's that, the that annual, the annual horse race. And mm-hmm. yeah, like that's it. I'm actually, I'm looking at the map now. Cause I've noticed every time I fly to Chicago, I do like looking over cause usually the flight route takes us over Louisville. So if it's daylight outside, I'm able to see the row of everything from the football stadium. And all, right. all, those, all the fields are back to back to back to back along mm-hmm. the way there, which that was always cool to me to see that. Just how, how all cohesive it is and how very in your face, I guess it is along the highway. Um, I think Texas yeah. is a kind of similar thing from when I lived in Austin for a hot sec. Um, yeah. It's a whole strip of all the sports. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I also didn't realize that the Churchill Downs was really just right there. I don't know how I missed that, but yeah. Yes. You could throw what Lamar Jackson only needs two or three football throws and he's got from the stadium to the horse track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite like restaurant or spot to hang out if you're not in if you're not in class or working out and and playing games and traveling and all that? That's a hard one because there's a lot of good food here in Louisville. But I'd say for like 
more of a college type restaurant that's right there off of campus. I'd say the Tav is what we called. Um, wait, I don't know what the original name is because we keep on calling it the Tav. I think it's just old, little old little tavern. My bad. Okay, <laughs> it's really good. I'd go for the grilled chicken sandwich with the ranch. It's homemade. Super good. Their fries they changed, but they're so good. I really like them. And then the chicken tenders basket, chicken tender basket. I, I saw a uh, a giant exclamation pop pop up among all three of our heads because Cyprus, which is our like little off uh, off campus bar, changed their fries, and I yes, don't think I will ever hear the end about of that from anyone that I know that goes there regularly. At least oh, they're at so least great. The, at least the house beer is three dollars again. Uh, yeah, they changed that for a minute too, and that would have been. No, 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 no. They it changed the fun. house Pilsner, Pilsner price. The house IPA was the same price. One is one is more rioteable than the other. Well, I was just saying, they, well, moved, they moved the Pilsner price back. I was going to say, actually, on this podcast, we support the Pilsner, um, but that's another podcast topic. Um, we'll say it out loud if they sponsor us, Jack. Um, walk us through a typical like game week schedule there's there's a lot that we could go here obviously you know a normal week is just a normal week but uh what what does that look like if you're going to be like traveling on the weekend or even if you're you know you're home uh, for three days at the end of should the we, week should we specify this is an in-season week we're talking about and not a fall season week we, we could talk about that too if you or want to both, talk about or both whatever, I mean, whatever. <laughs> this is an open-ended question we could talk about both sure. they're very different yes let's I, do both then so the fall obviously not in season very relaxed very relaxed we start we usually start practicing the second week of school so we get a whole week to just like reconvene and like get adjusted to classes and all that um and then we start in like small groups like not team practice yet then we get to team practice and we start playing games here and there it's not like a bunch of games like in season and we usually just play schools that are from around here, like Eastern Kentucky, Kentucky, UK, um, Bellarmine, which is a local D1 here. But yeah, we still prep for fall. We still scout the pitchers for the teams we're going to play. We we do all that. Um, and then the spring, usually, okay, at the beginning of the season in the spring, we usually just have tournaments. It's not ACC play. Right. Yeah, and that's usually a lot more games than we have than we would have during ACC play. So we'd usually leave a little earlier in the week. I'd say Wednesday, and then play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back Sunday. But yeah, we scout the pitchers for every team, watch film. Yeah, we do that all the days leading up to when we leave, and it's like very in depth. I don't know if I should talk about it a lot, but. You don't have to spill any state secrets. This yeah, is, no. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, we may, we just make sure we're, we're prepared and there's a lot of tools to allow us to do that. And then going into ACC play, we usually leave on Thursday and have a game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So three games. And it's crazy when we have two or three weekends in, in a row of us traveling. Like, mm -hmm. it's crazy. We get back Sundays at around midnight and like go to bed at like 1 a.m. And then practice, we're off Mondays. We have to have a day off. Practice Tuesday, Wednesday, leave Thursday, practice that night, and then play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
off practice practice leave yeah. again it's crazy it gets crazy you but it's so that, fun that's the play to the cold weather team too right having to get on a plane and and go places that first three four weeks of the season yeah yes it's very nice to get to those warm places like florida and atlanta as long as you don't it's not your it's not the random march weekend where it goes back down to 45 you're okay um, you got a little bit of that this year. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, there was. We did it got? But I saw that sunburn. What the heck? You mentioned yeah. that you see so you're scouting in the fall before even gets the season. Do you guys like? I mean, if maybe I go too far, you can't answer this. But like, I assume you go through as many pitchers as you can get through in that off season time. And I guess as say you mean say you go you you I guess Blake's not a tech anymore, so you, I assume you would have looked at Blake Nelliman's tape at some point, and then once it got closer to the game date, like actually, then you revisit what y'all initially jotted down or thought about in the fall yeah usually we're more in depth at first and then we try to get to each pitcher and like really nail down what their pitches look like and their their sequences i guess and just what their routine is and yeah, yeah. then yeah when it gets closer to game time that, sh that should just be a review and we should already know what we're doing cool. um and what we're hunting at during our at bats and such, we also obviously scout for their hitters too, for defense and yeah. This is this is what all D one schools do too. Yeah, the yeah. more prepared you are, the more ready you are when the game starts. Obviously, so when when you get past uh, you know scouting and stuff, and this is why I'm not about to ask this. You get into data and analytics and all that tracking, and I know it is killing Akshay to not know more about what teams do, but I think we should probably leave it there so we don't get too into the weeds because, I mean, that's stuff that starts to border this on, is where I uh, might have on had proprietary a, stuff. I might have a, a cool question here because in softball, I've noticed more than any of the ball sports that everyone has the wristband that's, like, super color-coded and all that kind of stuff. I, As much as you can say, I assume that's, like, basically your game plan on the on the wristband for whatever situation you may need to go to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. There's usually something on your wristband for defense, just saying what the other players are, like what their game is when they're hitting. And then we usually have something for offense. And yeah, I, I personally like wearing it because it looks cool. So <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look good, play good, right? That's, that's yes. half. half exactly. the speaking, speaking of like play good stuff, are, are there things that you do, especially when you're busy in the spring that you're, doing to recover, whether that's, you know, staying sharp mentally, classes, like, I mean, you've, you've got two rounds of this under your belt. Like, what's uh, what's some stuff you learned to be in, in game, class, life, you know, shape? Yeah, definitely rehab is very, very important, even though it seems like you don't have the time for that. You honestly got to just make time for rehab, even if you don't feel like you're off or your body's tired you probably are going to feel it sometime soon like your body gets tired in season and that is I'm not exaggerating so rehab is is crucial for yeah. for anyone no matter what position you are pitcher catcher whatever rehab is crucial also sleep is very important like I said we get back really late on Sundays and we play at least three games a weekend um more if it's the beginning of the season when we're playing tournaments so sleep is very very important and eating the right foods is very important 
and it can be hard when you're traveling to eat the right food um and then coming back late at night and nothing's open it can be really really hard so just kind of like preparing for that and maybe even prepping before the season starts and just like getting a game plan with um I don't know your diet and your sleep and then schoolwork staying on top of that is very crucial too because you can get very behind traveling I I was in this last semester in the spring I was in this bio class cellular and molecular biology and it was an evening class that was my first evening class I try to make sure all my classes are like earlier in the day so it doesn't conflict with practice but that was like the only option for that class and I missed class so much because we were traveling and it was a Tuesday Thursday class in the evening and mm. we leave Thursday mm. like every or, or every obviously every Thursday um, when we're away so I missed so many classes but just like communicating with the professors it's very important and usually they understand so that's really nice kind of taking a, a, a left turn back towards the you know obviously understanding professors but um the the community do you have a favorite part about playing at Ulmer specifically I really love the food we get pregame food <laughs> um especially if it's a morning game the breakfast is so good um we switch between like getting catering from two places maybe there might be three places I don't know but my favorite my favorite thing we get is the cheesy potatoes they're so okay. they're so mm. fire but then oh my gosh how am I forgetting hacky we always play hacky before the game just in the outfield <laughs> like as a warm-up you know you gotta get yeah. your legs warm. Yeah. yeah I don't know we did it's, that it's playing so water polo fun. yeah tech does yeah. tech does that too I've seen I've seen him do that pretty yeah. regularly even even between innings sometimes I think too if they can like mm -hmm. they'll just they got you got a minute like you as well mm -hmm. yeah. also oh, oh go ahead go ahead go ahead also I don't know who started it but I think our our hitting coach brought a football one day and just left it in the like closet or something so we some of us started just playing catch with the football when we had some downtime it was so fun oh that's cool <laughs> too loose right yeah, we're yeah. running around on everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Um, do you have a? Uh, we talked about like some some team traditions. Are there anything like the the stadium or the like people who put on the game or maybe the fans or something like that? Like, is it is there like a tradition or an aspect of of the stadium that that is cool on game days that you like? Mm -hmm. One thing that comes to mind is. I love, okay, when someone hits a home run and it's a night game, as they're running around the bases, they flash the lights. And it's just like nice. such a cool. That's cool. That's cool. It, it's so cool. And I don't know, everyone loves it. And like, I feel like the crowd loves it too. And then something else that comes to my mind is when, usually we do this every home game, I feel like, or maybe once a weekend, uh, we bring like travel ball like younger kids onto the field oh, and we, cool. yeah we just talk to them before the game and sometimes they want our autograph autographs and then they stand next to us on the line when we do the national anthem so nice i do have one question that actually is going to also appreciate how do y'all pick your uniforms for each game oh pick actually we don't really get a say in that our yeah like our equipment <laughs> manager usually like picks 
the combos. But if we don't like one, we make sure it never happens again. Okay, that's good. Uh, you see, at least you got some say. That, that's good. That's good. Yes. Uh, I, I'm a little biased, uh, but I think you guys have some of the best combos in the ACC, especially with all the great alternates and stuff. That's um, uh, It's always interesting seeing what they pull together. But yeah. Do you have a favorite in mind? I'm, I'm a sucker for the uh, for the Gothic L. Um, that as was a, the Louisville that's hat. That's that was fantastic. the first Louisville thing that I bought myself when you became a Louisville person. Uh, it was the old school L, but I think that speaks to me being an old soul for you know baseball, softball, stickball type uh, <laughs> type sports. So yeah, usually usually that I'm I'm also somebody who loves the full color rush. But uh, this is actually used to have a column on this website called. Uh, Akshay, Akshay, what was the title? <laughs> you know the you know the title. I know what it is. I'm, I'm not saying it. it. I'm not gonna say it. You say it. <laughs> the Akshay eye for the uniform guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a that's incredible. It was a good column. It was a good column. No regrets. No. I I have always liked Louisville's color scheme because I I I mean red and black is only good for me because the Falcons exist. But I do like how y'all effectively use gray as well, and it's not easy for teams to use gray well. Um. I think more in this tech has tried and it's it's not good when we try at all because I do. like it. I like it. Your softball team has a nice like they dark... haven't done they didn't do gray this year, thankfully. Uh some of our other sports have tried to do gray to be in the football gray is bad. I football dislike the bad. football gray. Football gray a is lot. bad. Basketball has been questionable to okay. Um but they it's have the difference with baseball and softball is road grays are like a thing, you know. So road I don't mind the thing. baseball softball yeah. road gray. Yeah, but... it, it's good. I'm looking right now at one of the all sets is the uh, white top with the red pants, and it's just solid. It's solid. Okay, okay. The only it's thing like, that comes to mind it... here, but before I, I let you say what I'm thinking, but maybe, but let's find out together. <laughs> the only thing I have to say here is that I, I feel like. I remember Louisville softball wearing the tequila sunrise. That is jerseys. what I was going to say. That's baseball, actually. That's baseball. Baseball. Yeah. They don't. The softball doesn't have that combination. Mm-mm. Nope. I would. I, I would kill for a Grant tequila sunrise Louisville jersey. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That's good. That's. I crazy. know you've been wanting that. You've mentioned it, and don't yes. worry, I'm on the lookout. <laughs> I'm Fair on enough. the lookout. Um. One, th- one thing about Ulmer that resonated with me as a first-time goer was the Sunday, the crowd you guys got that was so big it was sitting on the, like, grassy berm. But I'm a sucker for sitting on the grassy berm. I didn't want to forget to mention that. But that was that was cool. Um, you know, a, gra- the- a, grassy, a grassy berm at a ballpark is feels necessary. Like, I wish more big, big stadiums did that. That was my favorite part the one time I went to spring training for the Braves. Yeah. Like, you had that. That's just – that feels right whenever it's there. A day out in the sun you know yeah but we do have some tech related questions um because this is a georgia tech podcast so uh you know gotta get a couple in what was it like playing in atlanta as a visiting player like was it uh like what was it like just coming down here and playing at uh Mewborn? well i've been to atlanta many times to visit you jake so it was nothing really new. I it was it was cool to be with my team though, with people all the people I love. Um and I, I absolutely love your field and then the pencil building in the background. But we didn't get to play is that what it's called the pencil building? Yep, you're right. Yep. 
Uh, not officially. It's, it's the Bank okay. of America Tower, but oh, everyone well, calls it. Oh, oh, it's the pencil building. Local, no one calls it the actual name. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the pencil building. <laughs> um, I just wish we played at night, and then that was in the background. Oh my gosh, that would be so pretty. Is there anything different specifically about coming to a very large metro area versus some of the smaller towns in the ACC, like Durham or Chapel Hill or places like that? Durham's um, got like four hundred thousand people. You should probably say Clemson, Jack, or Blacksburg. No, 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 no. I'll allow it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, those, like, kind of smaller town schools, their fan base is usually bumping. Like, obviously, fair, Clemson fair. is going to have a giant fan base, and they're in the middle of nowhere, low-key. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they are. You're right. High-key. High Low-key. High-key, you pass Clemson, and there's nothing for miles. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's not much of a difference, honestly. Do you have a favorite, like, you said you've been to Atlanta a bunch, obviously. Um, do you have a favorite, like, spot that you've been to when you're here? It doesn't have to be, like, food, but it could be food or, like, a thing you've done, um, you know, ar- around town. He's walking you right into the Cypress answer. Don't fall for it. No, Cypress. don't. It, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. not. What do you want me to say? Oh, what's that, what's that area oh. with the Ferris wheel? And it's that giant park. Centennial, Centennial park. Olympic Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went there as a team um, in the spring. That was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, my favorite restaurant, I don't even know what the name of it is, but it was the best appetizer I've ever had. Like, it's pretty plain and simple, but it was so good. It was like a big ball of cheese. <laughs> and I don't know, when you cut into it, it kind of like melted but then you had bread and you could put the cheese on the bread and like olive oil. I don't know what it was called. And was this when you were in town last time or a different no, time? It was like, it was a couple of years ago and I was with mom. Wait, mm. um, was I there? No, but oh. I talked to her about it recently and she was like, Oh, I remember that place, but we have no idea what the name is. Hmm. It's like a small place. A ball of a melting ball of cheese, hole in the wall, small restaurant. I've never had a dish like that here ever. Maybe was it was it near Tex Campus or were you away? No, it was pretty far away. Oh, okay. Mm, I know who would know, and I can ask her afterwards. It's not mom. (laughs) Um, Well, the more you know, this will be good for next week's podcast because we have no sports to talk about next week. So I'll have to do some research. There you go, Jake. When I think of like visiting you there at Georgia Tech when you were a student, I keep thinking of that time you had that engineering project in that one building at night with like the robots. I thought that was so cool. And watching from like the sides, like way up high, like that that was so cool. Yeah. I don't know why. So uh, I actually judged the competition, the ME2110 competition this spring. Uh, I went over that. That was cool to go. Cool to go back. Um, and actually, yesterday, I got brunch with my old 2110 group. Small world. But yeah, no, that's one of the one of the uh, cooler experiences of, of Georgia Tech competitive engineering. That's for that's for sure. Um, yeah, I think that kind of talks us into a corner on on Atlanta stuff. Jack, Akshay, do you have anything else? I feel like I'll have more questions next time you all come play down here and hopefully I can be at the game. and. <laughs> You better be there. I will, hey, I, will I, I made them all dress in red and black for for those games. So that so we will be there in the spring. 
Oh, you're coming back in the spring? Yeah, because we were off last. Okay, so there's like a rotation. Oh, the rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. They came cool. to us my freshman year. Yeah. Uh, I thought you meant you're coming back to the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and I was like, that's that's not public news yet. Uh, but the rotation, I, I mean, you can kind of figure it out if you right if you yeah, please piece that's it predictable together. yeah yeah um but uh but yeah no i'll have to go find more hole in the wall hole in the wall restaurants and things like that um so speaking of we, we talked a little bit about pro teams earlier louisville doesn't have a lot do you have a favorite team that you tune into whether it's softball baseball could be other other sports uh like when, when you consume sports for fun who are you watching honestly i haven't been watching a lot of sports recently but when i do it's probably just the chicago white Sox, even though they haven't been doing the best which is a little sad um they took two or three from the braves i was not happy about that i was at the one where the braves won nine to nothing that was that was all right i did enjoy kind of you know being like ha but i'm not really a braves guy either so i i I feel you on that um actually i know you had one that you wanted to get in about professional softball in particular oh yes um We've seen a bunch of athletes go straight from the Women's College World Series, and then within a month they're playing in either Women's Pro Fast Pitch or Athletes Unlimited. What? How, what is your like exposure to that? What has um, like? Have, do you have any teammates that have gone into that? Like, what does that ecosystem look like from like a pro softball perspective? Mm-hmm. Well, it's grown a lot in the past couple of years. Same with just college softball in general like we have gained a lot of fans and that is awesome to see we just had someone graduate taylor roby she is now playing on the U-Triple-S-A pride professional team and then carmen greenwood who i played with my freshman year she's still playing for the florida vibe and then um oh hannah file she just graduated too she's actually um She's in Europe, Germany, I think, playing in a league over there. So a lot of people from Louisville have gone pro, which is really, really awesome to see. And I'm sure a lot more will go in the future. We have a lot of great people on the team right now. For our uh, uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar, Taylor Roby, the GOAT, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Is there anything that, like, you know, Louisville, maybe teammates you've played with in the past that are – doing cool things off the field that like, you know, oh, well, Louisville opened the door for me to do this or or something like that. Celine Funk, she, I didn't get to play with her. Uh, She played, she graduated right before I came. I know she's doing very well in business right now. And then we have, we had someone that was actually in like the school of dentistry while she was playing. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's ridiculous. And now she's a dentist. Like, Yes, we have like very smart people on our team. Someone right now um, just took her MCAT and she did very well. So she's going to go to medical school. We have someone going to pharmacy school in the fall. So it's a very like determined bunch of girls. And yeah, we put our studies in classes first, which it should be. But softball is right up there too. But yeah academics is very important to us and just holding each other accountable i was gonna say shame on us for not even mentioning and you went to the ncaa's this year so it's not like you had a a a slouch of a year by any means what was what was that like 
It was awesome, actually. Just like hearing our school name called on TV, on national TV. That was really cool. We were all so ex- excited. We were screaming. We we're like, no way. And then when we see we we're playing Indiana, we we're like, let's go. Even though we've played them like so many times, it was just, yeah. it was awesome because we kind of have like a little rivalry, I think. But they're not that far from no, you guys. They're not. No, they're not. Like an hour and a half. I do ask some players yeah, and coaches we- what. When I talk to them about like think like I asked I asked that are you thinking ahead about X Y and Z thing just because like it's sometimes sometimes it happens and that could be a real thing is that something y'all ever, I mean obviously you're scouting and whatnot but is when you're playing a game are you ever thinking about like the ramifications like okay when this game when tomorrow stuff like that how that shakes out standings or potential rankings and stuff like that does that matter to you at all whether it's on or off field? Well, that's a good question that you asked because we've actually talked about that many times last season um we've had meetings you're like okay this um organization blah 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 says we're ranked this one says we're doesn't or sorry this one says we aren't ranked this organization says we're gonna make it to the tournament and then another one is like they're not even they're not names not gonna get called but Mm -hmm. all we have to do is just think of one game at a time if you think like if you think of any game in the future that's just gonna distract you so really it's just one game at a time one one game and honestly the rankings yeah they're awesome to get your name on there um but we know who we are um and we don't we shouldn't focus on rankings um and just focus on what we know we can do and yeah did jake uh, ever did jake ever send you his projections because he has oh, many projections. Oh, man. Hold on. Now <laughs> there are certain, there are certain find... people who we know who listen to this podcast who ask me for them every week. And I'm like, these don't matter. I'm, I'm just some guy. It's math. Like, it's <laughs> it's at the end of the day, it's who you lock in a room and they pick 64 teams. Like, the, the people trying to figure it out on week eight don't know what's going to happen the next four weeks. You know? Look, Jake, you don't need to expose Jay Bat on local audio all Wait, right what if he emails you asking for your projections that's between you and him <laughs> he does not maddie that's our athletic director but let's be clear oh. he does not ask me for, for what i think is going to happen anyways uh so hearing your name get called that's got to be up there in terms of best softball memories though right oh yeah for sure yeah it, it was is, awesome. is it the top is it like where 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 does it rank I'd say it's up there. It might be number two, though. Ooh. What's number one? Number one. Okay, I know this was a long time ago, but it was Little League when I was 12. Our team was stacked. And they were. (laughs) We made it to the championship of regionals, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. What's after regionals? Uh... Nationals? You were a game away from Williamsport, no. sectionals. Yeah, sectionals, we were a game sectionals. away from the World Series, and oh, we kind of choked. But that was so fun. Just, like, staying in a room with just your teammates when you're 12 years old. Like, imagine, like, how that went. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know, coming together and eating every meal with, like, all the different other – or all the different teams from the other states – 
and just meeting new people. That was really fun. I will never forget that. <laughs> I did the same thing when I was playing baseball. We had a tournament in Cooperstown, and it was that exact oh. same kind of mold of just like there's a hundred teams there from all over the world, all over from the country, even some flew in from Hawaii for this thing. Um, yeah. And it's just like it's yeah, it's just the perfect little haven for kids at that age and Ed doing the the baseball softball stuff. Like I, I get that. That's that sounds amazing. Yeah. Josh went to that when he was a kid. And that there we go. I wedged that in. That's his first mention on the podcast. So there Aww. we go. <laughs> Haven't left out our brother. Yeah, no, I that that was a fun team. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I think about that one not infrequently, but uh that was, you know, that was a that was a cool one. Um is there anything that you're like looking forward to? It doesn't have to be, you know, obviously just softball related in the coming year, but what's What's next for you? You know, uh, junior year of school, you know, another year of softball, all that. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to the season coming up in the spring. We're getting a bunch of new people on our team. Lots of transfers, lots of lots of very talented freshmen coming in. Class-wise, I'm looking forward to – I think I'm taking biochem, actually. I'm taking more, like, major-specific, like, specific to biology instead of, like, the gen eds. So I'm like, I'm excited to actually start getting into that stuff. And then this, this silly answer is that I'm moving into a house. Nice. That's always, that's always fun. Yeah. I'm excited. I was in an apartment and I was like, no, I would rather be in a house. So congrats. Thank you. I, um, I I feel you on moving into a house, but that's a different topic. I guess during, during the season, is there any particular portions of your game that you try to focus on more or is that like more reactive to what you've seen yourself how you've seen yourself play or is it even right now in the offseason are you particularly focusing on one particular any particular aspect of defense offense whatever offseason and uh being in season they're they're very different they're like two different stages offseason that's kind of where I work on more mechanical things if I feel like something's off with my swing or just fielding wise that's kind of when I try to fix it up, clean it up so that I'm feeling good. And then once we kind of start getting into being in season, if I feel off or something needs to be like drastically changed, I, I it's kind of a little late for that, but like I just have to trust myself that yeah. my prepar- preparation in um, the off season was good enough and that I did all I could. I worked hard, I prepared and that's enough because this is a game of failure, as you guys have all probably heard a ton of times. And you really just cannot let the outcomes really get to you. Um, it's a very mental game. Being in college has made me realize that a lot. I don't know, just in high school, you can probably just hit dingers every at-bat. And, like, you're never really down. But when you get to college, it gets it gets hard. And you got to just kind of realize that it's not just going to be all rainbows all the time so i'm just you're playing with a lot of kids who were number one for a real long time when you're yeah when yes. you're playing d1 softball especially in the acc i mean heck of a place to play too mm-hmm. yeah. for sure yeah do you have any questions for us that you want to ask about the podcast or the site i don't know why you would but i'm trying to think what I could ask you. Do you guys have merch? 
<laughs> God, I wish. I mean, it's. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Do we have merch? We do not make merch because that's related to our intellectual property rights. But that's a great segue to this podcast sponsor, section103.com. This was unplanned for all those out there. I did not uh, ask her to do this. Section103.com is this podcast's official apparel provider. Um, provider? Sponsor? I don't know. Go check them out at section103.com. The wording isn't that important, but the spelling of that website is. That's section103.com. You can find all the latest and the greatest from them. And this week, we have something exciting to talk about. It is the NIL player shirts are here. Uh, Dante Smith, Zach Pyron, uh, number four and number five in navy, white, gold. Um, everything that uh, I think we as tech fans might hope to see from uh, potential tech apparel it's great to see um uh out on the market they look uh they, I, I guess they're jerseys uh is probably the way to the way to put it but they do have them in in gold white and navy for for both uh zach and dante go check them out as always uh free shipping on orders over 70 bucks every day you can find section 103 at section 103.com and at section 103 on twitter thanks mads that was helpful oh anytime i've got another segment and it's a segment we do every week. And it's going to take a bit of explaining, so bear with me, ladies and gents. Maddie, this segment is called Jake's Historic Results Bit of the Week that needs a segment name. It's been months, and we still have not named it yet. What I've done is I have digitized all 17,000 approximately Georgia Tech sporting event results that have ever happened in sports that play games and matches. So that's football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, men's, women's, tennis, uh, and volleyball. We're waiting on some other results for golf and swimming, but those aren't as important here. Basically, it's those seven sports. Uh, They're all in a big database. I asked you earlier to send me a list of the college teams that your high school teammates wound up playing for. Among those, uh, there are seven athletes that went on to play varsity college uh, ball, Two played at D3 UAA schools, Case Western and Wash U. They're not on this list. Uh, we haven't played them in any sport before they went D3 uh, or swum against them or whatever. Swimming has some some weird D3, D2 stuff going on. Um, the other five represent five unique schools. There's Wisconsin, Northwestern, St. Louis University, uh, Coastal Carolina, and of course, Louisville. So five schools, seven sports. This is a team effort because this is a very open-ended question. Yes, do you have a question? Uh, I was about to say Chardonnay, but you were were talking about um, people I played with. Yes, actively played with. And that's an interesting one because you played with her at Louisville, but he was my age in high school. Technically, yes. Yes, technically, yes. But only people you played with in high school. Um, So five schools, seven sports. All time, uh, there are 266 matchups among those five spread between all seven sports. My first little bit is obvious. One of those schools is by far the most common played opponent. I think you can all guess which one that is. Well, Somebody going to guess? It's both Scotty and Northwestern the same conference, dude. I don't know. Who, who came first? I was going to Lu- say Wisconsin. Lu- Louisville? <laughs> Tech, Tech has played oh, Louisville. Sorry. I, forgot this was, I, forgot, I, forgot this, oh. I forgot this was Tech Orient. Sorry. Yes. No. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yes. Tech, obviously, Louis. Obviously, Louis. That Lewis. is an all time, all time brain fart moment from all That's staying in. All you can't cut that. All of us did this. We're sorry. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no. They'll take away our license to podcast. <laughs> obviously, 
Louisville is the most played opponent by nature. That also means the sport with the most played uh, between those two uh, is also a Louisville and a sport combination. I want you to guess what that sport is. So it's Georgia most Tech's games mo- between most Tech yes. and Louisville, and, and we're guessing the sport here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in most previous games between Tech and Louisville, in, we've we've had a lot of baseball tie-ins because you know th- they played too many games. Um, softball also plays too many games. Uh, so is this? It, it is feels this like not it, just? Is this not just baseball? Yeah. Baseball and softball combined do not even equal this sport. Oh. We've Was it? Conference... I it's volleyball. Oh. Nope. That's what? a good guess, though. Wow. It's it, it, women's basketball. Stupid. Men's basketball? Men's basketball with 41 oh. games played. Oh. All time. The, uh, the men's basketball uh, teams were in the same conference, the Metro Conference, in the late 70s. Oh, uh, so they played a okay. few times there. And uh, when both teams were independent, they had a couple games uh, and then uh, a regular feature on the schedule uh, through the late uh, late 90s or okay. mid-late 90s. Okay. Um, Bobby Kremens made some good schedules. Um, all right. With that out of the way, we've talked about the school with the most wins. We've talked about the sport and opponent with the most uh, games played combined. Actually, this really, this really is the test question. That's one A B C D E F. It like is. we're really doing this. It is now it's like a path. Obviously, the sport with the most wins among all those is baseball. It's existed since 1895. They've played 56 uh, uh, games against mutual opponents, um, but they're not the ones with the best win percentage among these teams in sports, despite being. The uh, the one with the most total wins. Can you guess what that sport is that has the highest win percentage, sport plus opponent, among Coastal, Louisville, Northwestern, St. Louis, Wisconsin, baseball, football, men's basketball, men's tennis, softball, volleyball, women's basketball. So we're matching tennis. Tech's best win percentage against these five schools and yes. also guessing the sport here. Okay. Yes. It's football. Football against, against Coastal? Football against only played Louisville. one of these schools. Football against Not Louisville. Actually, it's you're right, but you're football. wrong. Do you want to know why you're wrong? Because we've only played them twice in football, which is weird. The third third times this year to open the season. Men or women's tennis, sorry, is eight and zero all time against Louisville. But I'm oh. glad that you asked because, of course, women's tennis at eight is more than the two, three, or four and right. O's that other sports have. The Bizarre distinction is not only our football and women's tennis, a combined 10 and 0 all time against Louisville. Georgia Tech has the lowest win percentage against Louisville of all of these schools, despite having two undefeated teams against them. Oh, like in general, we have the worst, like Tech's winning percentage against Louisville as a whole is the worst of our ACC. It's 370. Oh, okay. I misunderstood that for a second. It's collectively the entire school's win percentage against yes. Louisville is the lowest of all of these schools. Not just okay. despite despite being eight no uh, against them in women's tennis. Maddie, I blame your I blame your volleyball team. Please tell them to lose. Would, or we're no. too good. Would be, would be nice. They're too would be good. nice. They, they are too good. It's game, not fair. Uh, from the elite eight, by the way, Jack. Just so you know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the um. 
the one that you want to start with, Jack, is actually women's basketball, uh, who is a perfect 10 and 0 against tech, immediately balancing out those oh. 10 <laughs> wins between football and women's tennis. Uh, that's a zero percent win percentage for those counting at home. Um, tech did lose on a buzzer be- beater two years ago. Uh, tech volleyball has a 176 win percentage. That's three and 17. Uh, softball is 294 all time. That's five and 17. I've seen two of those wins. So uh, that's kind of sad. Um, no offense uh, to softball. Men's basketball is 366 all time. They are 15 and 26 uh, against Louisville, while baseball is 8 and 20. Men's tennis is a perfect uh, 6 and 6 for a nice even 500. Is that not a, a bizarre fun fact? Uh, among all five of these schools, um, obviously football has a is batting 1,000. They're 2 and 0. Uh, women's tennis, no shocker is the next best at 727. Women's tennis at Georgia Tech is phenomenal. Um, Tech has the best all-time win percentage among these schools against St. Louis at 786. Coastal at 707. You can blame softball's 6-6 six and six record. There is the 500. Everyone else is above. And then, rounding us out, we are about even with both Northwestern and Wisconsin. What bizarre stat, I want you to guess, does that make us win percentage all time against these schools? All five combined at everything. All five combined, all seven sports. I guess what? For, are we 500? Akshay, do you have a guess? No, but I feel like it's going to be something like that I've overthought and have no, decided not to No, no, no. Jack's actually gotten it right already. We are exactly 133 and 133. And we found way more in this stat database than I possibly could have imagined. So thank you for indulging me on that. That was that was a lot. They're not usually this long, Maddie. I'll tell you that. We've lost every listener with that uh, extended rant. Thank so. goodness this is at the end of the episode. <laughs> After the ad read, you know. Look, it's it's a good bit. It's a good, it's bit. a good bit. Eventually, we'll find a name for it. Maybe we'll find a sponsor for it. Maybe. Um, if anyone's out there that wants to sponsor this segment, let us know. We have uh, naming rights available. That being said, uh, I will take Hyundai. us out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they want engineers, right? Um, but uh, I will take us out. Uh, remember, tomorrow, uh, well, today, by the time this comes out, 7 p.m. at Atlantic Station, you've got Chris Eubanks versus Andres Martin uh, at the Atlanta Open. It's going to be a heck of a match. Uh, can't wait to see uh, how that all shakes out. As always, you can find us uh, at FromTheRumbleSeat.com. Uh, you can email us your comments, questions, suggestions. Uh, we're running out of summer, so if you've got any thoughts on future episodes, that's FromTheRumbleSeat at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at FTRS blog. I'm at JakeGrant98. Jack is at Jack Nicholas. You can find Section 103 on Twitter, too. Uh, as long as Twitter still exists, that is at section one Oh three section one Oh three.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at from the rumble seat. And you can find this podcast, wherever fine podcasts are sold rate review, tell your friends. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Good night. Good luck and go jackets. Thanks again, Mads. Thank you for having me.